Chapter Fifty of the House by the Churchyard. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The House by the Churchyard by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter Fifty. Treating of some confusion in consequence in the clubroom of the Phoenix and elsewhere and of a hat that was picked up when clough sprang out of the boat he was very near capsizing it and finishing put a golf hand but she righted and shot away swiftly towards the very centre of the weir over which in a sheet of white foam she swept and continued her route toward dublin bottom upward leaving little Puttock, however safe and sound clinging to a post at top and standing upon a rough sort of plank which afforded a very unpleasant footing by which the nets were visited from time to time hello are you safe clough cried the little lieutenant quite firm though a little dizzy on his narrow stand with the sheets of foam whizzing under his feet what had become of his musical companion he had not the faintest notion and when he saw the boat hurled over near the sluice and drive along the stream upside down he nearly despaired but when the captain's military cloak which he took for clough himself followed in the track of the boat whisking sprawling and tumbling in what puttick supposed to be the agonies of drowning and went over to the weir and disappeared from view returning no answer to his screams of strike out clough to your right clough hello to your right he quite gave the captain over surrender you thief and villain or i'll put the contents of this gun into your carcass shouted an awful voice from the right bank and puttick saw the outline of a gigantic marksman preparing to fire into his corresponding flank what do you mean sir shouted puttick in extreme wrath and discomfort robin the nets you spalpeen if you throw them salmon you're hidin under your coat into the water be the tear o' war what salmon sir interrupted the lieutenant why salmon's not in season sir none of your flummery a scammon scoundrel but jest come here and give yourself up for so sure's you don't or dart a stern inch from that spot i'll blow you to smithereens captain clough is drowned sir and i'm lieutenant puttick rejoined the officer tear a nouns and is it yourself captain puttick that's in it cried the man i ax your pardon but i took you for one of them vagabonds that's always plundering the fish and who in the wide world captain jewel it expect to see you there meditatin in the middle of the river this time o' night and i dunna how in the world you got there at all at all for the plankin is carried away behind you since yesterday give an alarm if you please sir this moment urged puttick captain clough has gone over this horrid weir not a minute since and is i fear drowned drowned it Och bloody wars yes sir send someone this moment down the stream with a rope hello jemmy 
called the man and whistled through his crooked finger jemmy said he to the boy who presented himself run down to tom garrett at the mill bridge and tell him captain clough strounded over the weir and to take the boat hook and rope he's past the bridge by this time Eh, is he at the king's house and if he brings home the corpse alive or dead before an hour captain puttick here will give him twenty guineas reward so away went the boy tis an uneasy way you're situated yourself i'm afeard observed the man have the goodness to say sir by what means if any i can reach either bank of the river lisped puttick with dignity tis true for you captain that's the chat how the divil to get you alive out of the position you're in can you swim no sir and how the dickens did you get there i'd rather hear sir how i'm to get away if you please replied puttick loftily are you bare-legged shouted the man no sir answered the little officer rather shocked and you're there we choose on your feet of course sir answered puttick chuck them into the water this instant minute roared the man why they're a valuable buckle sir remonstrated puttick you mean to say you'd rather be drowned in your buckles than alive in your stocking feet he replied there were some cross expostulations but eventually the fellow came out to puttick perhaps the feat was not quite so perilous as he represented but it certainly was not a pleasant one puttick had a rude and crazy sort of banister to cling to and a rugged and slippery footing but slowly and painfully from one post to another he made his way and at last jumped on the solid though not dry ground his life and his buckles safe i'll give you a guinea in the morning if you come to my quarters mr sir and without waiting a second away he ran by the footpath and across the bridge right into the phoenix and burst into the club-room there were assembled old arthur slow tom trimmer from lucan old trumbull jack collop colonel stafford and half a dozen more members including some of the officers o'flaherty among the number a little flashy with liquor as the phrase then was puttick stood in the wide open door with a handle in his hand he was dishevelled soused with water bespattered with mud his round face very pale and he fixed a wild stare on the company the clatter of old tremor's backgammon slow's disputations over the draft board with colonel stafford collop's dissertation on the points of that screw of a horse he wanted to sell and the general buzz of talk were all almost instantaneously suspended on the appearance of this phantom and puttick exclaimed gentlemen i'm sorry to tell you captain clough if i fear drowned clough drowned by jupiter you don't say so and a round of such ejaculations followed this announcement allow me here to mention that i permit my people to swear by all the persons of the roman mythology there was a horrible profanity in the matter of oaths in those days and i found that without changing the form of sentences and sacrificing idioms at times 
i could not manage the matter satisfactorily otherwise he went over the salmon weir i saw him coils weir headlong poor fellow i shouted after him but he could not answer so pray let's be off and here he recognized the colonel with a low bow and paused the commanding officer instantaneously dispatched lieutenant brady was there to order out sergeant blakeney and his guard and any six good swimmers in the regiment who might volunteer with a reward of twenty guineas for whoever should bring in clough alive or ten guineas for his body and the fat fellow all the time in his bed sipping sack posset so away ran brady and a couple of more of the young fellows at their best pace no one spared himself on this errand and little puddick and another down to the bridge it was preposterous by this time lilyman was running like mad from clough's lodgings along martin's row to the rescue of puddick who at that moment with his friends and the aid of a long pole was poking into a little floating tanglement of withered leaves turf and rubbish under the near arch of the bridge in the belief that he was dealing with the mortal remains of clough lilyman overtook tool at the corner of the street just in time to hear the scamper of the men at double quick running down the sweep of the road to the bridge and to hear the shouting that arose from the parade ground by the river bank from the men within the barrack precincts tool joined lilyman running what the plague's this hubbub and hullo he cried puddock's drowned panted lilyman puddock bless us where puffed tool hullo you sir have you heard it is he drowned cried lilyman to the sentry outside the gate drowned yes sir replied the man saluting is help gone yes sir lieutenant brady and sergeant blakeney and nine men come along cried lilyman to tool and they started afresh they heard the shouting by the river bank and followed it by the path round the king's house passing the phoenix and old colonel stafford who was gouty and no runner standing with a stern and anxious visage at the door along with old trumbull slow and trimmer and some of the maids and drawers in the rear all in consternation bring me the news screamed the colonel as they passed lilyman was the better runner tool a good deal blown but full of pluck was laboring in the rear lilyman jumped over the stile at the river path and tool saw an officer who resembled poor puddock he thought a good deal cross the road and follow in lilyman's wake the doctor crossed the stile next and made his best gallop in rear of the plump officer excited by the distant shouting and full of horrible curiosity and good nature nearly opposite inchicore they fished up an immense dead pig and tool said to his amazement he found puddock crying over it and calling it my brother and this little scene added another very popular novelty to the doctor's stock of convivial monologues tool who loved puddock hugged him heartily and when he could get his breath shouted triumphantly after the more advanced party he's found he's found oh thank heaven cried little puddock with upturned eyes but is he really found 
the doctor almost thought that his perils had affected his intellect is he found are you found cried the doctor resuming that great shake with both hands which in his momentary puzzle he had suspended i uh oh dear i don't quite understand is he lost for mercy's sake is clough lost implored puttock lost in his bedclothes maybe cried lillyman who had joined them but he's not he's not drowned pish drowned indeed unless he's drowned in the crock of hot water he's clapped his legs into where is he where's clough hang it he's in bed in his lodging drinking hot punch this half hour but are you certain why i saw him there myself answered lillyman with an oath poor little puttock actually clasped his hands looked up and poured forth a hearty almost hysterical thanksgiving for he had charged clough's death altogether upon his own soul and his relief was beyond expression in the meantime the old gentlemen of the club were in a thrilling suspense and that not altogether disagreeable state of horror in which men chew the cud of bitter fancy over other men's catastrophes after about ten minutes in came young spate well said the colonel is clough safe or eh clough safe only half drowned but poor puttock's lost what drowned i'm afraid drowned who says so repeated the colonel clough everybody why there it is replied the colonel with a great oath breaking through all his customary reserve and stiffness and flinging his cocked hat on the middle of the table piteously a fellow that can't swim a yard will go by way of saving a great a large gentleman like captain clough from drowning and he's pulled in himself and so bless my soul what's to be done so the colonel broke into a lamentation and a fury and a wonder clough and puttock the two steadiest officers in the corps he had a devilish good mind to put clough under arrest the idiots puttock he was devilish sorry there was no more honourable etc in fact a very angry and pathetic funeral oration during which accompanied by dr toole lieutenant puttock in person entered and the colonel stopped short with his eyes and mouth very wide open and said the colonel very sternly ay i'm glad to see sir you're safe and uh, and uh, i suppose i shall now hear that clough's drowned and he stomped the emphasis on the floor while all this was going on some of the soldiers had actually got into dublin the tide was in and the water very high at bloody bridge a hat near the corner was whisking round and round always trying to get under the arch and always when on the point twirled round again into the corner an image of the flying dutchman and hope deferred a watchman's crozier hooked the giddy thing it was not a military hat but they brought it back and the captive was laid in the guard-room mentioned by me because we've seen that identical hat before 
End of chapter 50. Recording by John Brandon.